0: Welcome to The Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and I got extremely emotionally invested recently in a barbecue cooking competition show on Netflix.
1: I, I can't beat that. I My name is Belly. I am also hosting this podcast, and you've totally derailed me with the idea of a barbecue cooking competition show on Netflix.
0: It was great. It's like the Great British Bake Off, but it's with Americans and barbecue.
1: So they're all super nice to each other, and, and like... help each other out in key moments
0: yeah no seriously that's good it's wonderful
1: maybe that can bring our country together again
0: maybe that's what we need competitive barbecuing i believe all right let's go to the show Hello, welcome. Um, Luke, how are how are you doing? How's your country?
1: Uh, pretty bad. We're, uh, I mean, like you know, it's bad on a scale of relative. We're on about like zero point three Americas, I think, maybe zero point four Americas. I mean, um, I,
0: I, I just think about the people who only follow British news by the first part of our show, and so they <laughs> they just must assume that like your country is just like a constant farce of those like, comedic errors happening constantly.
1: I mean, do you want to hear about the most recent one?
0: Is it the spreadsheet thing? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, yeah, explain this to me, because I saw this going around.
1: So, so, we built a, uh, we, I wasn't involved, completely not involved, I like spreadsheets, I wouldn't have made this mistake, but the UK, uh, needed to track its coronavirus cases somehow, that's a good thing, we should be doing more of it, it makes a lot of sense. However, what we actually did was build a system that was based on the 2003 version of Excel, uh, which meant that <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> uh, basically, it, it, what happened was the program on one end kicked out a CSV file, which is fine. That's a reasonable way to sort data. It's not great, but it's fine. But in putting it, uploading it to our main, you know, national database, uh, it conversed. It had to go via the process of being opened with 2003 Excel which in 2003 Excel, if you don't know, only has 65,000 rows. Okay, okay. And, and each record of a coronavirus case takes up like eight or nine rows. So basically every time it was getting to about like 1,200, 1,300, 1,400, it was just cutting off and just not loading those those cases after that.
0: So was, uh,
1: was stuff deleted or? It just wasn't being uploaded. Oh. And then it took them um, – this has been going on since I believe the eighteenth of September. So it's been
0: almost almost a month.
1: Yeah, three weeks, three to four weeks. Yeah, um, of we, them
0: not realizing that like they're just like not logging anything.
1: No, they were logging. They were logging some. Like this was why they didn't notice because they were logging enough. The new
0: stuff. They're lo- logging the new stuff.
1: No, no, they, they were logging all. They were every day. They were logging new stuff. They had the old stuff, but if they had more than like. Fourteen hundred cases a day. Then the bottom load were just dropping off.
0: Oh, I see. Well, that's a great way to limit your problem to only fourteen. Yeah, it was. It was great.
1: Everyone looked at it and was like, "Wow, these measures seem to have really worked." Look at these cases; they're not going up anymore. Yeah, we're we're very very steady, super steady. And then they went, "Oh, yeah, no, we we missed sixteen thousand cases." But alongside that, those sixteen thousand cases are also sent to the test and trace to be contacted and told to isolate, and then also told to make people around them isolate, which did not happen because we did not know they existed
0: oh wow i could see that being a very problem i mean i hope you guys figure it out because like we've got the coronavirus down we're fine now you've nailed it it definitely isn't acting like the alien from the movie alien and storming around the white house infecting everybody that's definitely not what's happening right now
1: my favorite one because i had a bunch of like tweet notifications set up for obviously if the president died Uh, (laughs) my favorite one was i woke up at like four in the morning and like Un- unrelatedly but then skimmed it quickly and the top one i saw was the guy who carries the nuclear football around he has coronavirus and i was like cool that's good that's that's probably a great thing
0: great great i mean it's interesting because i feel like last time we spoke the debate had just happened and i i wasn't super pumped about everything and in the course of the week since uh, we last spoke um the entire world is different here. <laughs> and like, you'd think I'd get used to these moments in America. Like, you know, I, I wasn't here for the majority of the Trump administration, but I was here for a good chunk of it. And I'm still not used to the idea that like you can go to bed and you can wake up and the entire status quo of the country has just gone out the window and everything's just like nonsense bananas world. Um, but yeah, uh, we I, I uh, the president has coronavirus like that, <laughs> that just keeps saying it in my head. I just keep he's saying, fine. No, he's fine. He's immune. He doesn't, yeah. I I
1: saw him walk up those stairs and breathe not like a normal human.
0: No, I mean, well, he doesn't do anything like a normal human, but yes, he he doesn't look well. He looks even worse than normal.
1: I mean, also, if you're trying to prove you're well and you're an obese 74-year-old, like, don't climb two flights of stairs and then stare out across, like, a balcony trying to breathe normally.
0: I mean, I won't know this until, obviously, Election Day, but I would like to think that this was a real emperor's clothes situation and that maybe the country is altogether laughing at him. I don't know, though. I uh, I always sort of worry about the silent uh, majority of this country, but I don't even think they exist anymore. I don't... Also, I, QAnon's not on Facebook anymore. Like, God, I mean, everything's different. Everything's different as of... From, all your like, friends have gone. The, <laughs> yeah. All of my groups are gone. Um, no, but, like, the president's coronavirus and all the QAnon psychopaths can't hang out on Facebook. Like, in a lot of ways there's a good chance that those two events happening in the same week could have a very interesting effect on the election, uh, which is only a couple of weeks away.
1: I'd go back to the same thing I said a few weeks ago, which is I do think more people are more normal than you think, and an awful lot of people will look at this and go like, this guy can't even keep himself safe from coronavirus. How will he keep us safe? I'll vote for the other guy. Like, True. I do think that's a thing.
0: And I I tweeted about this, but, you know, I just tweet nonsense, so I, I don't know if anyone saw this, but I... I'm in love with the show years and years. Um, It's the Russell T Davies kind of black mirror show. Spoiler for the end of it. If you want to watch it, you should go watch it. But okay. It ends with the Nigel Farage archetype that uh, Emma Thompson is playing. She is basically revealed to be like a monster. And in a scene that I found very cringe when I first saw it, she is, like, disappeared by a shadowy group of oligarchs who no longer find her to be a useful idiot. And I don't find it as cringy anymore watching, like, Fox News slowly turn on Trump, uh, particularly Fox Business. In fact, they were running, like, multiple segments today about how his tweets have just, like, you know destroyed the markets i mean
1: we're so we're recording this on wednesday wednesday my my evening your afternoon and yeah the last 36 hours have been deranged like properly off
0: i sort of think like everyone's kind of packing it up i think i sort of i I don't want to jinx it but it to me it feels like everyone's kind of even the people who are like trump is good for me are like trump is too much like in a mafia situation he would be taken out back because he's no longer, like, useful.
1: I mean, if you're Mitch McConnell, uh, you've spent four years, you've filled the judiciary with Republicans, you've got six seats on the Supreme Court, this is probably the moment at which you bail. Like, what are you going to get from the next four years that you haven't already got?
0: Yeah. I just... And also, like... I mean, you know, Biden doesn't really—he doesn't B- offer that is much not, of a difference. Biden <laughs> is
1: not going to remake the country in a new way that ensures that your way of yeah. life is never going to happen again. He'll be lucky if he, you know, remembers where he is by the end of that that four-year period. Yeah, so it's, it's fine. Fair. Like, just let him have it for four years. You've locked it in for a generation. You'll be back in four years. You, you're all right. So yeah, I just—I don't, I don't see any advantage anyone has for no. Trump anymore.
0: I, I, I will not in a recorded way say that it's in the bag but i i am feeling more optimistic than i was let's put it that way
1: there's an awful lot of events that can happen but if it happened tomorrow i'd be super confident in biden
0: winning yeah yeah maybe (laughs) maybe
1: hey i've published that that's on the internet under my byline so maybe yeah okay maybe
0: Okay, we are talking about fandoms today. Yeah. Um, So you texted me and you are like, we should do an episode ranking the most toxic fandoms. And I thought that was a fantastic idea. And then you sent me a list of 13 fandoms. And what I thought we would do today is we would try to figure out who is the most toxic community. We'll break each one down and we'll try to figure out why they're so awful and maybe come out of this and decide, like once and for all, like who is the the gang running around the internet that's making everyone's lives the most miserable? I already have an opinion of who it should be, but I think we should do this. So,
1: okay, so I think I think the way we should do this is that I'll pick one from the list, then you pick one from the list, and we'll go through the whole thing like that.
0: Great, let's do it. Kick it off. Okay,
1: I want to start by nominating the books fandom.
0: <laughs> so just like people who like books just, a lot, like as a, I guess a personality type,
1: yeah, people who are super into books. Because <laughs> increasingly they've become like a a problem for me. Like they've not come for me, but I'm also I just people are super into books. Like it's a personality is like not.
0: So no, wait, okay. but you're not talking about like YA fiction police. You're talking about no. like books.
1: Like no, I'm talking about the people who 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 have a yeah. They're fans of the concept of books, not of any particular books. Although they are coincidentally, but they are yeah. They're the people who are. Just fans of yeah the concept of books, so they are the people (laughs) who who get really mad if, for example, there's a book that's cut up to make something else. Okay, so like if you put a book, those people
0: are genuinely crazy. That is true.
1: If you put a book on the wall and put like a clock on it or whatever, and like draw some numbers on it, they're like, "That's disgusting! I can't believe you destroy a book like that." And this particularly annoys me because they come from this idea that. Books are sacred knowledge, and by destroying a book, you're destroying knowledge. And that was true in, I don't know, 1932 or right, exactly 1801. It's not now. It's fine. We have the internet. The book is not being destroyed. Do whatever the hell you want with it. It's just some paper. Like, also, we can, can not make a destroying new destroying knowledge one. by destroying the book. Yeah, we, we can, can make a, make new, make one. a new. It's book. fine. It's fine. It's it's absolutely fine. But there is this obsession with the idea that books are prima facie perfect and therefore like somehow sacred yes and it's not people can read books people can read books on kindle people can read other things there are lots of words it doesn't matter what words you put into your <laughs> eyes just read some words it's fine and okay. for some reason there is this obsession with the idea that because there's all the of people that become policing the books that people read and this particularly become a thing recently where it's kind of like oh all guys read infinite jest no guys read infinite jest Basically, not, I think you've read Infinite Jest. And you're the only person.
0: Oh no! Hilariously, so I just had an extremely viral tweet about Infinite Jest. I have not made it through all of Infinite Jest. I made no, it through no like has. I made it through like maybe a hundred pages of it, but it is it is laughably hard to read, and not because it's complicated, but because it's just like it's it's just it's a lot. It's just like, and none of it's particularly interesting, other than it's like laugh, it's like chuckle worthy, funny, or like you think about it yeah. later and you're like, oh, that's a funny idea the tech stuff in it's pretty cool. I mean, he kind of basically predicts Snapchat filters, but
1: of the, of the 11% of it you've read or whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So yeah, I mean, like it's super long, it's super long. And all of his ideas are really smart. If I were to explain them to you in one sentence, which is why I just went viral on Twitter by doing that. But it's not particularly funny or interesting when he does it. Cause like there's this whole passage where people have to wear hyper realistic latex masks of their own face to answer video calls. And and it's like, Oh, that's just a Snapchat filter. Like we invented that now, but like the book is just, Maybe I'll read it one day. I just, I don't want, I don't...
1: It's like, it's like 18 books every chapter. And it's like, oh, you've come up with like 18 really cool ideas that I would read a book about. Please stop adding them to each other right, in the same exactly. sentence. I can't deal with this. Yeah. And it's fine. And like, but the idea that, you know, liking Infinite Jest makes you bad or, or, and then it becomes this thing. And it actually goes the other way as well. Like, and I've been guilty of this. Like the idea that people really like a certain book. And you're like, oh, I can't believe you like that book. And it's like, it's just a book. Who gives a shit? Like you're reading a book. <laughs>
0: I, I have very I have very yeah. specific
1: tastes in that I read trashy sci-fi and political biographies, and that's essentially it. Uh, and those are two things on kind of diametrically opposed poles of quality, but that's fine. They're just words. Put any words that you can read, you enjoy, read them. <laughs> but there's the pe- the people who are into books who like are mad that you destroy books are always into like literary fiction. Is like a big thing. Yes. Yeah, and it's like it's fine if you want to be into literary fiction, fine. But you can read plenty of other things, and it's also fine. And the books, people, I I don't like the books,
0: people. You don't like the books, people. I don't like the books, people. That that was that felt like very cathartic for you to do. It did. Well, okay, I agree with you. I don't like them either. Um, I don't think they're the worst though. Um, so I, mean, I wouldn't say
1: they're the worst. I just think they're bad.
0: I yeah, I agree. I'm going to from your list of thirteen. I'm going to nominate the Taylor Swift fans, but (laughs) I am going to include, I think there's a non-K-pop pop pop fan that's like Lana Del Rey, Taylor Swift, Nicki Minaj. This is a a fandom kind of umbrella that I want to nominate now because I've been on the receiving end of these people very often and they are very scary and There's there's a lot of them and they all have different sock puppet accounts and they do like curses in Latin as we've talked about on the show before and they try to cancel you with by finding dumb stuff you've posted on the internet before I mean and they're, they're really mean they're really mean and the one the thing about like Taylor Swift or Lana Del Rey or Nicki Minaj fans like Swifties or, or Barb's or whatever they'll call you ugly they'll just straight up say you're ugly yeah and like other fandoms don't do that like you don't have like the all right being like you're ugly but these kids will literally start making fun of the way you look. They'll tell you you need to get plastic surgery, and they're pretty and good at it. They're, at, they're, they're really good at being
1: mean. They're really good at funny like the one thing and being like and honing right in and you going like, "Oh, oh, that that really hurt."
0: Yeah. And they they all hang out off of Twitter, like either in DM groups or message boards, and they coordinate there. And I find yeah. that very dangerous because we can't figure out what they're going to do. We we can't tell what they're planning until it starts to happen
1: they're also they're also like super fast which is what the thing that always gets me like once they start going like you're like it's one of the things where they are very much the ones if you pick up your phone and you suddenly see like eight quote tweets you're like uh this this is gone it's already too late
0: yeah because your tweet got dropped somewhere and you don't know where it's gotten dropped to and now they're just going to come for you. They're
1: quoting and, other tweets. They're coming for other things. They're sending you screenshots of your own tweets. I'm like, I don't even know why you're mad at this. but No.
0: And they, they don't really have any sense of morality other than defending the, the pop singer that they care about. Ariana Grande stands the same way. They all just sort of think like whatever helps that person is like their sense. That's their moral, moral compass.
1: But see, they do have a sense of morality. <laughs> like, that's the thing. But no, no, that's not true. They don't have a sense of morality, but they understand that you do. So that's... they try and use it against you, and they're like, hey, this is really offensive. you like, is it? I don't know. Was it? I don't, know what I was... I don't even know what this tweet's referring
0: to. Exactly. Um, a couple of years ago, I took down a, uh, an account. I, me and my, uh, my former co-host of a different podcast, Katie and Topless, <laughs> we took down an account called Uma Compton. And Uma Compton yeah. was this really, really messy, fake, pop star and whoever was behind it was using photographs of like a random Russian woman they found on VK and we sort of exposed them and we, we went through the whole thing and I had on pretty good authority that it was being run by a very big, like influencer in the Lana Del Rey fandom. Yeah. And when they got deactivated and stuff after we wrote about them, that was the most. Vi- that is still to this day the most violent and insane social media meltdown I've ever been a part of. It was like the gates of hell had been opened, and they were screaming at me about Lana Del Rey. And I have no idea what it is about Lana Del Rey that activates that kind of thing in people. But like, I would say of all of the pop music stands, Lana Del Rey stands are my least favorite. I find them deeply frightening. <laughs> still, I, would, I, I look would, traumatized.
1: I would argue for the sheer scale of them, Taylor Swift stands are worse. Like the volume of Taylor Swift stands is like we had a we had a political reporter who who tweeted something that was essentially, um, Taylor Swift has an album out. I would prefer this album to be number one. And the folklore album had been number one for like two weeks or something. And just he just got destroyed. Like he had like three thousand quote tweets of people just yelling at him about how he was a bad person and all this stuff, and he eventually had to delete tweets and he like you know as a political reporter in the UK he's constantly yelled at by Brexiteers and Corbyn and yeah. Cybernets and all of our <laughs> insane like political people and yeah no this was the one that guy and he was like I can't handle this this is a real this is awful wow
0: yeah I think that's true and Taylor Swift fans are the ones that are usually the most obsessed with the charts the super well they're all obsessed with the charts
1: like I don't understand it it's it's a very, I don't know, it's such a weird scoreboard thing of just being like
0: it's like only... fantasy football.
1: Yeah. I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Who who do you have next? What do we got?
1: All right. All right. I am going to next. I'm going to go with uh I I think there is a good argument that these are actually worse but Elon Musk fans.
0: Okay, so I'll I'll be honest. Yeah. I think these guys are the worst. I think th- they're the they're the ones that make me the most depressed. Like if I had to scale fandoms by my depression,
1: right. It's not it's not the it's not the volume or the anger. It's no. the
0: yeah. Like the like Elon Musk fans are like the people that would ask to be buried alive with their pharaoh. Like these people are completely demented and they're obsessed with this guy. You know, I think we've probably talked about this on the show before, but like Elon Musk isn't a founder of anything he has never invented anything he is not a particularly bright guy he just said a bunch of like edgy 19 year old shit about being in a simulation and it went viral i know everyone thinks he's a genius and like you see those guys like thanking him on twitter for like being laid off by him and it's like jesus man
1: that is exactly it like his stands have a uniquely different relationship where the rest of them are either trying to be like in the group with them or like defend them. Like, there's a lot of like, I don't want to say white knighting because it's not what it is. Cause the
0: no, it is. It's word. like it's like they it's like it's like Elon Musk is not gonna fuck you? The
1: Elon Musk thing is different in that they are they are like want to prove their civility to
0: him. Oh, uh, that's true too. Yeah.
1: Like they are the only ones who desperately want to be under him. Like they want him to rule them in a way that is is just stamping on their faces with a Tesla or running over their faces with a Tesla every day. Yeah. until the end of time.
0: He's like the ultimate gentleman, and they want to like impress him. It's yeah. so weird, and like, there's nothing, like, there's nothing about him that should inspire any confidence in anybody. He like, l- just like takes acid with Azalea Banks and Grimes in a mansion and tweets like random nonsense. He's like,
1: what's also really annoying about him is like, he does more or less what I I would do if I was famous, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna try and build a rocket to Mars. Like, I have billions of dollars. I'm gonna try and build a rocket to Mars. That seems fun. It's so easy to be a cool, fun guy when you do that. And instead he is just this petty, vindictive nightmare of a person. Because he's also the only one who like is on the same side as his stance.
0: Yes, that's true. He is I think in a lot of these cases where we're talking about a fandom army around like one person. Typically the one person doesn't sink to the level of the fans. Like, even Donald Trump doesn't do this, the level of shit that his, like, fans do. Yeah. Elon, Elon Musk, Musk, though, n- absolutely does.
1: And he absolutely knows, like, when someone annoys him, he is going to ruin their life by using this weird army of followers that he has. I would agree with that. Yeah.
0: He is, um... Yeah, he sucks ass. He's <laughs> <It's> pretty <laughs> like, he, ju- he just... He's just, like, a bad person. And, like, he convinces people, some people who are very close to me have been convinced, that Elon Musk is, like... This like Uber Mensch, and it it's like he's just not he. He's the son of a South African blood m- blood diamond mining fortune. He's he he didn't he legally make Tesla say he's the founder, even though he's not.
1: Almost definitely, but he's done so many dumb things. Like hype, he's in Hyperloop one of his as well.
0: Yeah, which like which isn't is, a we, thing. We know it's not a thing. Gonna work. It's not a and, thing.
1: And the thing where he like invented a, a a a train under Los Angeles that was gonna take cars oh right i never had to keep pointing out like you've invented a tunnel you've invented a tunnel yeah also
0: he shot a a convertible into space and now it's made leaving earth a little more complicated because there's a car floating around in space
1: oh and the worst one is the 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 satellites exactly the satellite the starlink satellites that have covered the night sky and there are so many of them that astronomers astronomers now can't look up and see the night sky because it's covered in satellites at all times uh is yeah really bad but it's not really about him it's about his fans because all his fans think all of these things that are transparently clearly bad dumb are good and also and as a result he deserves to rule them like
0: well you know you know who that reminds me of
1: (laughs) who does that remind you of
0: that reminds me of another fandom army which, now that I'm actually looking at your list, I'm realizing that a lot of these fandom armies are based around like the idolization of like a very basic and kind of dumb and bad man. Zack Snyder. That's who that yeah. reminds me of. I would say Zack Snyder is the Elon Musk of movies in the sense that <laughs> he has never actually produced the thing that his fans think that he's capable of producing.
1: But equally, he does the things that, as a talentless person, if I was able to produce a movie, is probably the thing that I would produce And then I'd be like, look at all this slow-mo. Look at all this high-contrast stuff. Isn't this good? And everyone's like, sure. Yeah, cool.
0: So the Snyder Cut is... The Snyder Cut is, like, Gamergate-level toxic at this point. Like, it is just a violent and very, very aggressive, weird movement that, like, Zack Snyder is trying to spin as some kind of, like self-help group or something where he's like we're a movement we're gonna like take on the world as a Snyder Cut and it's like mate it's just a bunch of people who want to see a better version of your movie like it's not so listeners of our other podcasts might know this but we recently started watching some of Zack Snyder's movies starting with his Superman and like his movies are really hateful and like dark and weird and like not in a cool way or an interesting way and,
1: like and hateful to anyone looking to enjoy good cinema
0: just but also just hateful for anyone who just like doesn't want to watch Superman do a 9-11. Like, <laughs> you know, I I I don't and I I don't get the idolization of Zack Snyder. I've Of the movies that he has released, none of them have activated something to me where I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I I'm also a defender of Zack Snyder Watchmen. I think it's a fine adaptation of the majority of how the comic should go. And I thought the... Do you, do you think the
1: hallelujah moment in that movie is
0: intended to be comedy? No, and it is the single... is one of the worst things I've ever seen in a movie. It's one of is, the
1: funniest things I've ever seen. I've read if, that entirely as like deliberate irony and thought it was absolutely hilarious.
0: I don't think it's deliberate. If you don't know what we're talking about, there's a sex scene in the <laughs> Zack Snyder Watchmen movie. And as the two characters in like a flying ship orgasm while having sex uh it shoots fire out of it and it's set to well, the song well,
1: hallelujah and also leonard cohen's version of hallelujah not just not jeff berkeley's leonard cohen's version of hallelujah which makes it even funnier
0: yeah it's it's incredibly stupid and also just like i i follow the dc eu subreddit and those people are just miserable like they spend all of their time trying to force this thing that isn't there to be there yeah and just, like, believing that, like, like I'm sorry, like, Ben Affleck-Batman isn't comparable to Iron Man. Like, it's just not the same level of filmmaking. It's not the same level of anything. What's yeah.
1: worse is that, like, let's be real, we both love the Marvel movies, but the, the best superhero movies, the best standalone superhero movie is The Dark Knight. It still is. You could yeah. maybe make a case for uh, Black Panther. You could maybe make a case for Infinity War. But I think you probably wouldn't sell it very well it is the dark knight and for some reason you're looking at this guy being like no no he can make a better batman movie it's like he can't it's fine yeah the best's been done these are just like fun reinterpretations of the same thing why do you care about this so much because also what's crazy about this is there is a huge amount of content in the dc universe like the comic books all of this stuff and for some reason they're obsessed with this
0: one version of it that isn't the best no it's so weird and it's like when we finally get the snyder cut version of justice league It's going to be so bad for culture because now there's going to be I'm already hearing like people want the David Iyer cut of Suicide Squad. And it's like (laughs) just okay. Well, I mean, and it's also like the Snyder cut. People kind of remind me of QAnon in the sense that like QAnon people look at the world and and they, I think, accurately can see what's wrong with the world, which is that like we have given so much money and power and resources to such a select few of undemocratically elected people and they control every aspect of our lives and that's freaky and scary and i understand why QAnon people are mad about that and then they see it and then they react like crazy pants bananas people and they go the the wrong way
1: right it's the is the difference between understanding that there is like a seeing into knowing intuitively that there is a systemic problem here and interpreting that systemic problem as there are some people in a room who are being evil
0: and i think the snyder cut is a similar thing where these people have correctly deduced that studios right now have way too much control over the way movies look and the way our stories are told and the, and the way media is created. And the response should be that like people like Zack Snyder shouldn't have a job and that we should probably not have franchise entertainment at all and that companies like Disney and Warner Brothers maybe need to be broken up a bit. And we need to stop making movies to be watched around the world and yada, yada, yada. Instead, they're like, no, Zack Snyder, whose only success has actually been because of the studio system, needs to be given more power from the studio. And it's like, guys, no, <laughs> like, no, no, right. no, no, no.
1: They believe in like rebuilding the auteur system which is great except for some reason they've decided to do that behind Zack Snyder who is terrible. Exactly, exactly. It's like deciding to bring back 1960s music and only following the monkeys. <laughs> All right, I think I think we should follow this with the the it's natural successor which is the bad Star Wars fans. However, this is a little more complicated, because I'm no longer sure who the bad Star Wars fans are. I just know that they're bad.
0: Okay, I can help with this. There is like a community of men, predominantly, on the internet, who hang out in places like Reddit and make videos on YouTube, and they all hate the same shit about Star Wars and they all love the same shit about Star Wars. And they're a little politically murkier, I think. And I think there is a tendency to say that like they're all just gamergators and like just like yeah. just write them all off. I don't think that's true. I do think they're all sexist and they're all like misogynistic creeps and they're all kind of hateful and they're way too old to be giving a shit about Star Wars. But I think a lot of the problems of like writing and talking about bad Star Wars fans is to try to line them up with the rest of the culture war, and I don't think that's true because you have bad Star Wars fans who are the men and all the let's call them like the um like the the uh, the salt uh, saltier than crate people. So they're all the people right. on the subreddit of saltier than crate who believe that the new sequels are bad because Rey is a Mary Sue and yada yada yada. But then you have, I would say, the much more dangerous and way more unhinged people who are Raylos, who are the people who believe that Rey and Kylo Ren should be a romantic pairing. Yeah, and they're downright frightening and i think they're closer to like the lana del rey or the taylor swift
1: people right so what we're actually getting at here is there are two kind of types but i think there are a few other types in here as well which is essentially the people the star wars people who because star wars has been around as an entertainment franchise for so long i right. like really i can't think of a, a film series that's been around for longer like that's basically it isn't it like james bond maybe but no one loves bond james bond. bond yeah yeah but it is the idea that they have so much ownership of it because like they've been known about it for so long I'm thinking about it for so long it means that anything new could, that comes out completely like resets the last 40 years of their lives where they've thought about this thing
0: also i think we are experiencing a lot of the problems we're experiencing right now because from like 1995 to like 2005 liking star wars was considered a personality type by american pop culture so you got like mall rats and all the kevin smith movies you yep. you had endless endless like family guy stuff. Like there was just like this 10, 10, year period where all of these Gen Xers came of age and were like, I like Star Wars and know everything about Star Wars, and that's the only thing that matters about me. <laughs> and all these men are now in their fifties and having like complete psychotic breakdowns because it turns out um, don't anchor your entire life and personality around a thing you don't own or control. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, and exactly. And, and now what they've done is they've had the, they've got this issue where more movies have come out and it is resetting their own their personalities.
0: Right, because like suddenly the thing that they've only thought about and only talked about and only prided themselves on for the majority of their adult lives. Doesn't look the way it used to, and that's I. I hate to take the side of a corporation here because, like you know, Disney should be illegal. But fucking <laughs> like that's not Disney's fault. Like they own Star Wars. You don't own Star Wars. Like I don't want to tell you.
1: But it's also I think specifically interesting is that it's always the same people that they they come after. It's Kathleen Kennedy. It is um, John Boyega. It is Daisy Ridley. It is yes. Kelly Marie Tran. Yes. Um. I will. Like I will say, Ryan Johnson got like a bit of it. But, no but not enough, not us. enough, no not way...
0: nearly enough. Well, no, because
1: he was great. But <laughs> uh, go
0: check out our other podcast post post credit scene <laughs> to hear us fight about this more. But I
1: but is it, yeah, they I also agree. go after the same people. And and you can argue that's part of like an inevitably of where we are as a society. But it is also these pe- people who are hold women and people of color and women of color as responsible for destroying the thing that they for some reason base their personality around for 40 years for reasons that are not clear to anyone
0: i think it's pretty clear <laughs> i think it's pretty clear <laughs> why they're doing that um yeah okay it's- yeah and like removing removing the stuff from star wars that makes horrible men like star wars would mean star wars no longer looks like star wars like you know literally like one of the most famous stories about Carrie Fisher working on the set of star Wars was that George Lucas told her there's no underwear in space. Like yeah. to like these movies means you sort of have to be aware of some problematic stuff about them. And that doesn't mean that you can't, I mean, I'm not a end all be all like one problematic thing ruins a piece of media, but those men are attracted to that. Like slave Leia. You can't, you can't get rid of that. Like that, you know, there is no sexy equivalent for Luke. It's just, (laughs) <laughs> it is. And so, you've you know, clearly
1: never seen him pulling himself out of the mud swamp. Uh, well, yeah.
0: So, yeah, these guys are attracted to that stuff. And, like, they're getting older. And as they're getting older, they're getting, like, more and more weird and violent. And also, like, we know for a fact that, like, people like Steve Bannon literally like reached out to these men and tried to recruit them and do his culture war using people like Milo Yiannopoulos to go into places like Reddit and, like, stir shit up. Like, that all happened. And so these guys are just, like, they've, they, it's like they've been. S- Put a, put a blindfold on, spun them around in a circle, and then Steve Bannon just like let them run off into a direction and then was like, I don't need you anymore. And now we just have to deal with them every time there's a new Star Wars thing out. And it's so annoying. Because like it didn't have to be like this. Literally, the movie focuses on the Rebel Alliance. You can't be a fascist <laughs> and, and root for the Rebel Alliance. Like, what the hell, man? Like, the umpire is dressed like Nazis. Like, like it's, <laughs> it's so obvious that you're wrong here. And yet these... Weird old men just like won't let it go. <laughs> like Jesus. Uh, yeah,
1: they have a unique character, I think, in in this discussion because like it's not that they're particularly annoying. Like I don't live in fear of them finding my tweet and going like, oh man, okay, that's the next forty hours of my life. It's more just like every time I see them, I'm just like ugh.
0: Yes, I mean I know that they have been like violent to like friends of mine who are people of color and, the, yeah. and and women. They are violent though on a scale that's like I think a lot lower than other people on this list. Which is why I want to take this over to another group of fans. Um, And I'm like, I'm like, kind of like worried about even bringing this up on the show, to be honest. What I'm really
1: looking forward to, right, is is when we tweet all of these fandoms out with the full clip and adding in the main people involved in it. Because, like.
0: Yep. So I'm going to take a deep breath before I say this one. And let's Let's do it. And I want to remind people that I didn't make this list. Luke uh, so let's talk about Chapo Trap House because <laughs> I will say I was literally retweeted by one of them yesterday. They I know they're not fans of mine or at least they didn't used to be. Um, but I, I I think the entire online leftist movement I think is rightfully criticized for being pretty misogynistic and pretty definitely definitely like weirdly anti trans too like like. It's very strange how it all kind of like coalesced together in the last like 2 okay, years. Okay, I think we're
1: getting I think we're getting a, a a weird amalgamation there because like I would say that like there are elements of it but you know, it's left politics which means that it's its entire its true religion its true fo- goal is to be constantly splitting. Like that's <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how leftist politics works. Like, you know, there's there's nothing that can't be solved by uh you know, I heard a story once of um, you know a leftist town, and everyone always talks about like the idea that you know Donald Trump's talking about how leftists are taking over the country and all that sort of stuff. And then if you go to a small town, you'll discover that you know the only two leftist groups there have been in a fight for a decade because right. they couldn't agree on how to arrange the, their books in their library. And it's 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 insane stuff like that. It's it's very Judean people's front, but so it depends on what we're talking about here are we talking about trapper trap house which is what i put down or are we talking about leftists in general which includes bernie bros Corbynistas?
0: i think we should expand it to let's call it the dirtbag left Okay, dirt bag I Left. i think that's good i think that term is becoming less useful over time because as you said leftists love to uh split off like mitochondria cells yeah uh or whatever is that true no I don't know enough about cells to make that joke. The mitochondria
1: joke. is the powerhouse of the cell. It's the
0: powerhouse of the cell. Yeah, that's all I know. Okay, well you you guys understand what I'm trying to say there. Anyways, so, but I think I think there is this sort of moment, and the, and the, and it rears its head every once in a while. And and politically, like for the most part, I'm completely on the same page with all of them. I just think yeah. that the way they sort of operate online is too similar to other kinds of like extremist or radicalized groups that makes me kind of uncomfortable about like hitching my wagon to them um and in particular there is this sort of scene where okay okay so i think the derbeg left is a very big uh engine for the main character of the day twitter effect where like a random person does something really stupid or says something really dumb. Like yesterday when like a random woman made a TikTok about men who like infinite jest, which was then shared on a Twitter by like a couple, like fairly well-known leftist accounts who then all started dunking on it. And then it created like its own co- uh, content cycle. And I imagine that's because like, a lot of those people hang out in places like the chapo discord where all the stuff from twitter is being dropped in there and it's like generating a discussion so like you'll click on a, a tweet and all of a sudden you'll see like the same five people all commenting like mean shit like eat my whole ass underneath it or something and right. it's, this it's, is it's... i
1: think a huge problem with it and this is I think, why it's so bad because it is not so much that any one person what they're saying is bad and it is and it's actually almost not that they're operating as a force trying to achieve something like a Taylor Swift, like yes, uh, exactly. Is going to be in order to defend the honor of Taylor Swift or defend the honor of Elon Musk or whoever it is. What they're trying to achieve is basically almost a, um, it's their own self aggrandization. Like what they are trying to do is look good to their friends by who can say the meanest shit, who can say the darkest thing, who can say the, the roughest thing. And it's like, they they might be all fine, they're all okay jokes, but it becomes this thing of just being like, whoa! I don't really think you understand what you're doing here. No, because, and like,
0: and that ra- that race to the bottom effect you're describing is like so close to what happens on 4chan that like yeah. to me it's like I don't know. You can't I, the entire concept of the dirtbag left is basically what if leftists operated like the alt right uh and we're supposed to say like oh it's okay because politically they're on the good team but like the tactics can be just as nasty and i think that like the information cycles can be just as toxic um
1: yeah i also think if a lot of if you if a dirtbag leftist was listening to this i think they would be like well it is different because these guys are evil and we're on the good side and there is a certain um, thing to that i just agree with you though that they are, it is not always appreciated how what you believe is you performing for your followers and for your friends' followers, like kind of this insular community, is having an impact on other people. And, you know, I'm sure everyone who has been involved on both sides of that has, who's been involved in that has also been involved on the other side and got, like, dunked on and wrecked for other reasons. But I also don't think that it is a useful way to spread ideology uh particularly not in 26 days time
0: no i mean and i think that's like it's probably useful at this point to define what makes a fandom toxic and i think by talking this through we've gotten like a pretty good framework so let's talk about what makes a fandom toxic I think you're totally right that the insularness and the sort of race to the bottom culture. I think I think insularity and a race to the bottom joke culture or content culture are the two biggest signs that you're in a pretty toxic community. Because that's where you have the biggest risk of radicalizing each other because you there's no one to come in and tell you that you're being insane. And there's an incentive structure to be more insane than everyone else. So it's like that's when you start getting really nasty shit happening i think
1: yeah i'd agree with that it's the moment at which you know you see something you dislike and your instinct is how does this serve my ends which is i've seen someone say something dumb and awful and i'm gonna get retweets and or likes out of it and to a certain extent it's hard to avoid like it's something it's like twitter that's what it is uh, and it's it's worth pointing out that many people involved in this you know will also be involved in union organizing and get out the vote operations and all this sort of stuff so like a bunch of people are also doing the good things like offline right, which I think is an important like context, but it's also the case that you know if you use that to kind of blow off steam, I think that there is a damage that can be done by yeah essentially going like, "Oh, I can jump on this, and I figure out a way to get more retweets than the last person." who dunked on this person and i'm gonna just gotta kind of keep going
0: i think that's really right everyone
1: does it and then a bunch of people go a load of retweets off it, and it's like everyone's like this is great and the person at the center of it is like you know sometimes you know they're a a, a true alt writer or ben shapiro or whatever who's like okay i'm gonna i'd enjoy this this is what i'm here for and then sometimes it's just like a random person you're like well,
0: why are you doing this like this is this, like it's just like a rando it's like usually it's just like someone who like Like, like for instance, they became obsessed with that art critic who had like a bunch of terrible iced coffees in his trunk. Did you see? Okay, I missed that one entirely. Hold on, hold on, because I want to get this right. Because the actual story is crazy. Basically, like last spring, every leftist account that I was following was going nuts over a New York City art critic. He's uh, like in his sixties, seventies. His name is Jerry Saltz, and he would go. To the gas station like every morning and he would get like gigantic industrial like cups of coffee like from like the gas station (laughs) and he would that's how he would get his coffee in the morning and they would just like they roasted him like nonstop about this. Finally in May Jerry Saltz writes one of my favorite pieces of the year. It's called my appetites and it's a piece about you know it's one of those great pieces of writing that's about you know a million things but it's also about like nothing but it's also about everything. Yeah. And it was revealed that him and his wife are really, really weird picky eaters who like met in the seventies art scene and she has cancer and they're up quarantining in like, you know, upstate New York and they love disgusting gas station coffee. And so he drives every morning to go get his wife with cancer gas station coffee. Sure. And it's like, he politically I think is like he's kinda all over the place. Like I wouldn't he's not a Trumper, but he's he's not exactly he's an, art, he's
1: an art, there's not been a sane art critic in fifty years.
0: Yeah, he's like he's like one of those like very peculiar like like New York City in the seventies centrists who like believes in like a bunch of weird hodgepodge shit and like whatever. Yeah. You know, I you know, it's it's so completely Like not a thing and it doesn't matter yeah
1: someone who believes in like the death penalty but also there should be no police
0: yeah yeah sure whatever and it's just like it's so harmless and then it's like for this guy to be like a dirtbag left punching bag for so long where i'm still seeing jokes about his coffee and it's like the dude is just like getting a weird thing that his wife with cancer likes and it's just like and it's like when your fandom is like operating on that kind of wavelength like it's just it's toxic. <laughs> like it's just toxic. What are you achieving? What are you achieving? Yeah, there was, exactly. There was
1: there was one over here actually the other week which was um a entire complete nobody like someone with like a thousand followers some um I'm not going to say fit five hundred that's mean but like a, basically an anonymous twenty something year old woman who tweeted something along the lines of um they don't tell you when you get a your first twenty five grand salary that four thousand three hundred of that goes to tax or whatever. Yeah. And everyone's dunking on it, being like, tax is good, actually. And it's like, I mean... Yeah, ta-
0: tax is great when I don't have only $25,000 a year coming in. Like, yeah. yeah. And
1: it's this thing of being like... And then then what, well, then what she did is she kind of like went through one of those like salary calculator things and figured like how much you lose in tax. So she was like, oh my God, if you earn £100,000, you lose like 40000 of that in tax. And everyone's like, yeah, that's good, actually. And then everyone kept dunking on about this. And I was like, what, what are you achieving here? There were no yeah. retweets on this. Like, what are you, what are you doing?
0: I mean, it's how, how is
1: this how is this winning?
0: It's the rage simulator, right?
1: I don't think it's the rage simulator. It's the it's the self-aggrandizement sim- simulator. Like, the well, better you're, the better your dunk, the better the 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 thing, the better you
0: feel. Uh, well, if we're gonna talk about self-aggrandizement, I think it's probably time to talk about PewDiePie. <laughs>
1: Let's do it. <laughs>
0: um, so of uh, so of the list we have here. He is he's the only YouTuber. Um yep. and I think that's fair because like everything bad about all YouTube fans I think is encapsulated by PewDiePie fans. Yeah, he's the he has the worst fandom. Well, it they're the, they're they're definitely complicated because like okay, I want to say right out the bat that like I don't agree with the sort of large push by the n- people outside the youtube community to paint him as a white nationalist. I think he is just as racist as every average swedish man, which is to say <laughs> very. I have no problems believing that a random swedish guy thinks dressing up like nazis and making holocaust jokes is totally fine,
1: particularly not a random swedish guy who's been very deeply integrated in the internet for a decade.
0: That's not to say it's good. I just don't think he's like this like countercultural mastermind that like you know what the wall street journal whoever it was made that made him out to be years and years ago which i think set a lot of shit back in terms of like how we cover fandoms on the internet it did. actually
1: it, it did he was on uh i'm gonna say it was a new york times podcast i think it was the uh, maybe the rabbit hole one i think it might be the rabbit hole one where, where they they had interviewed him for a while kind of like I went quite deep with him uh and he was clearly like yeah he made a dumb joke wished he hadn't made the joke but you know it, it would have been uploaded at that point and he has what
0: a hundred and eight million subscribers or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. His fans his fans are also complicated because I would say eighty percent of them are under the age of sixteen. <laughs> that sounds right. Um like PewDiePie is the guy you like in like the first three years of high school. And by the time you're graduating high school, you're probably not telling people you're still watching him. And by the time you're like in sophomore year of college, you're probably not watching him at all um yeah if i had to guess i like i imagine he is to kids right now the way like my anime consumption has been which is that like i stopped for a while (laughs) and i maybe people will go back and watch like classic pewdiepie clips in their like late 20s but i don't think the majority of the people who really like him are old (laughs) old enough to have any political or social capital
1: yeah like i feel like when he first came on the scene probably the youngest you could have been sorry no sorry the oldest you could have been and be like this is interesting probably be 14 15 right so you'd be like 25 now and it's like yeah he probably did grow out of it but because of the way that his audience has grown there would have been a bunch of eight year olds coming up at that time who are now 18 and are probably still a bit into him and yeah so it's just his audience is still huge
0: And and i know from like reporters who have like interacted with him that i know that he and people like in that that scene, that he's extremely frustrated by the fact that he is surrounded by children essentially, and is <laughs> kind of like the edgy Raffy. Um, like <laughs> you know, that's got to be kind of maddening. Um, I, I I it's it's very interesting to me that his fans though are as toxic as they are, and they are. Um, Just because they're children doesn't mean they're awful in the same way that like it hurts when a Taylor Swift fan says I'm ugly. And I have known some people who have been on like the receiving it. Although what's interesting is like I think five years ago, if you were to dunk on PewDiePie in public or criticize him in public, all of the other YouTubers would come after you. And I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't see the Ian Miles Chong's and like the uh, like the boogies of the world or the Keem stars of the world racing to defend PewDiePie from like minor criticism in the way they would have five years ago.
1: And I think in large part that's because he didn't go down that rabbit hole. Like he he pretty much stopped. Yes. Like that's he did true. he made a bunch of mistakes and was like, okay, shouldn't have done that. I'm kind of not gonna do it anymore. He's gonna make the occasional edgy joke, but it was very clear that he never had the he never had the underlying politics that people accused him of.
0: No. So I think I think in terms of our list Five years ago, I would say maybe PewDiePie is the most toxic thing in the world. (laughs) And I think in many ways it has become a thing where I I kind of forget he exists now, actually, because I'm just not. And like, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty tapped in, I think. And I just I don't (laughs) really encounter his stuff in the wild. That's that's what
1: what all 30 year olds think.
0: Look, I, you know, I like to think I'm a connoisseur of online content and I don't (laughs) I don't see his fans running around. I don't. Like I'm on Reddit every day. I don't really see his stuff rising up the way it used to. Even his subreddit isn't really doing as well on our all as it used to. I just don't see him very much.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was also he, I think he, I think what happened was he became kind of a totem of the internet, rather than had actual fans. He was just a thing that people did. Yeah, and that's true. Like, like to get very serious, I think the thing that put an end to that was Christchurch.
0: I think so. I think, I think that's absolutely true. And I think. I know it must have. I well, no, we know that it affected him. He's done interviews yeah. about it, and I think it's very hard. In kind of the same way that, like, the Eagles of Death Metal and um, their association with the Bataclan shooting, like, there's something that happens there where, like, Pewdiepie is associated with like an extremely traumatic thing. Yeah, and you know he wasn't like performing there or anything like that, but he's connected to it, and I think. For a lot of the world, they were like, I don't really want to deal with this anymore. This has gotten, like, too grotesque. And so they, like, let it go.
1: Yeah, and his thing, I think at the time, he just basically said, I condemn this, I hate this. And then, like, a month later, was like, please stop saying the thing. I didn't want to say it at the time because, like, it's just bringing more attention to it. But, like, please stop saying the thing that he said on that video. Right. And, yeah. But yeah, I think yeah, broadly his fans were a, they're a weird little community that uh, for a while were very toxic, and I think his doubling down on the idea that he was going to be slightly less like that because they think he saw the way he was going, and yeah, and didn't have the underlying views that supported that meant that yeah, his fans are are, are I don't think as bad now.
0: No, no, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say so. All
1: right, I'm going to pick the opposite of PewDiePie. I'm going to go with the genuine dyed-in-the-wool MAGA people, not the QAnons. Just the God Emperor Trump, the Maca people.
0: Like we're talking, are we talking like four chan n- level? Not
1: the, not the QAnon people, I think. Just like the.
0: I'm talking like Christ warrior. Yeah, like the Christ warrior people. Christ yeah. warriors, okay. Yeah, I I find them fascinating. They're hateful chuds, and they're just awful people. But I find them fascinating because they're so enthusiastic about promoting Trump, and yet have no real understanding of how the internet works in any way it's well
1: they both don't and they do because they're intuitively very good at it
0: yeah it's kind of like oh it's kind of like in infinity war when those disgusting mutants come out of the spaceships and they're running into the wakandan energy shield and it's right like and getting them. themselves like stripped apart yeah, yeah but they keep going and they keep going until they finally break through the thing that's what it's like being on the receiving end of of like a maga storm
1: yeah, and then they get, like, furious with each other, and they, and they get, like, burrowing down these nests where they're just yelling at each other. And you're like, I don't know why I'm still tagged into this, because you guys have clearly got your own thing going on.
0: Yeah, but, and yeah. they're definitely, like, they're definitely all unwell. Like, they're all very unwell. But I do find them charming compared to QAnon. <laughs> yes. I find them much more easy to deal with. I mean, obviously, like everyone that supports Trump is like a toxic lunatic on the Internet. And like I'm yep. very comfortable saying that that there's really no nuance there. Like <laughs> I have yet to meet a Trump supporter who doesn't have like a very specific kind of rage that they're constantly acting out on the Internet, which I find very interesting for someone who is so excited about the way the country's going. Um, <laughs> it's weird that you spend all of your time being super fucking angry. But I'm going to say that they're probably not. The number one most toxic group on the internet, only because they've been surpassed by QAnon.
1: That's true, and QAnon is not on this list in part because they're too bad. They're well, not really I a also, fandom so much as I don't
0: think they're a fandom anymore. No, I no. think they operate like a cult. I think they operate like you know they're they're like proto Scientology at this point. Like they're also, they're moving the, into a different thing.
1: The MAGA people have got quite funny. You know, like in twenty sixteen they were less funny because they were. I think felt like it was more vitriolic and dangerous and now an awful lot of them i think i've got bored but you still see a couple of them so when the president was doing his hermetically sealed car ride past his <laughs> fans which is one of those things which yeah again i saw in the immediately in the morning as i woke up and i was like i, I can't believe that happened that seems r- unreal yeah um one of the like i think it was at the cnn cameras or the CB, cbc cbs cameras caught call- Someone yelling like that is my president. I will die for him. I will lay down my life for my yes. president. Yes, and that's just like, I'm sorry, that's incredibly funny. He is, he is like in a hermetically sealed box, infecting like three other people in the car with him for no reason. None, and you're like, no, I would die for him. It's like, why?
0: That's the thing. Because <laughs> also, think-
1: he, he is the only person in this list, as much as I dislike anyone else, who would say, Okay,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. And I think like they does say something about the current political landscape where those people don't feel as serious and frightening as they used to, which I'm hoping is a sign uh, yeah. of other things, but I don't know. Um, what I do find interesting about your list, though, is that you have Joe Rogan on here and I think his thing, we are not at the top yet. I think I think the Joe Rogan thing is going to keep getting more and more complicated. I
1: think the, the Joe Rogan thing is weird because it's so big and... The reason why he's on here is that his fans aren't particularly obsessive.
0: No, they're not. Because they're not going to dogpile you. They're really not no. going to come after you. It doesn't mean they're not toxic. They're quietly toxic, which is almost more frightening.
1: Exactly. It is a much larger, but much more subtly toxic. And Who-
0: they, they, they all sort of have a similar thing to, like, Alex Jones fans, where they think that they're in on their own joke, but they're not in on their own joke. Yeah. They're like, oh, Joe, you're so crazy. But it's like, is he to you? Do you think he's that crazy? Like, or do you think... Do you agree with him?
1: You know, but you you also see this stuff like sort of bleed out from there, and you're like, wait, why is everyone? Because I'm sorry, I don't have time to listen to these like five hour podcasts that he produces no. seven times a week or whatever. insane numbers. He like the sheer volume of content he produces, but every now and again, you'll notice like a bunch of weird ideas seep out, and you track him back, and it's always Joe Rogan. Like I... he's suddenly seeded into a bunch of different people because his audience is so big and subtle and not not particularly angry. And it's very dangerous in a different way.
0: Yes. He... I know a lot of men in their like early to mid-20s from Massachusetts who (laughs) Joe Rogan is their main source of information. And if it's not, Reddit content about Joe Rogan is.
1: That sounds right, yeah. And
0: that is a very spooky thing to be talking to people. And realize that like everyone around you, their only thing shaping their world is Joe Rogan, yeah, just this one guy who is like I don't think he's evil
1: or unpleasant or anything, like he's just he's just a meathead,
0: yeah, well, he's just like a dumb yeah, he's like a dumb idiot, but he's you know he's got a fairly popular podcast, it's not as popular as our podcast, but it's no, definitely it's definitely up there and and so, he's
1: also like he's yeah I say he's not evil like there's that amazing clip of him uh. Talking to who's the actual? Uh, Dave Rubin about yeah. building the house. As he's like slowly explains explains to him how you can't rely on the market to regulate house building because it takes twenty years for the problem to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like genius. Yeah, what a genius guy. Exactly, but yeah, he's a meathead, but he's also a meathead who's like dad worked construction. He's like, no, you actually, you can't let people build things how they want because it doesn't work like that. Right. but yeah he's yeah he's not bad and I but yeah I do think there is a thing where he can just go like hey so uh here's a super dangerous idea is it
0: true and see right. up to such a huge number of people without any control like he did recently with the wildfires thing where he was saying yeah. that like anti-fascists were lighting fires in the north in the northwest and it's like yeah and
1: then he's like well, and then he like tweets like oh turns out it was wrong
0: it's like okay well none of your fans use Twitter like the damage has already been done yeah. and like I don't I don't really totally subscribe to the idea that people are so naive and stupid that, like, every single thing in the media makes them crazy and they believe it. But I do think he contributes to a, 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 a pretty bad sort of downward flow of bullshit. And- I mean,
1: I've never subscribed to the idea that, you know, it's it's oh, people that are susceptible. I think a very small number of people are susceptible at the right times. So if, like... 99.9% of your audience are totally unsusceptible and go like, that's a dumb thing to say. Every one in a thousand is like, hmm, this is interesting. And if it's like audience, when we finally if
0: activate our listeners after months and months of conditioning yeah. <laughs> and then we all take both, to the streets. One, one of the two of them will definitely come with us. <laughs> yeah, both of you, reach right. under your chair. There's a knife there waiting for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. But if you, he's on orders like 10 million or whatever, which means if one in a thousand does it, suddenly that's like a thousand people and yeah, you've got a problem. Exactly, exactly.
0: So we're rounding the corner here. We've only got a couple left, and then we're going to have to make our decision about who are the most toxic group of people on the internet. So, what do you? Who who do you want to tackle next? Who who do you want to tackle next?
1: I think we've just come through a long politics bit, and I think we need to finish the last politics one.
0: Okay, yeah. So
1: let's talk about Pod Save America.
0: Okay, so when you say Pod Save America, I think in the same way that Chapo Trap House. We're, a weird amount of competing podcasts in this list. I'm yeah, yeah, picking, I'm picking up a theme with you. Um, so in the same way that I think Chapo kind of represents the dirtbag left, I think we should expand uh, taxonomically the podcast positive America people into hashtag resistance.
1: Yes, that is exactly what I mean. It's hashtag resistance uh, because... It weirdly has a very, very similar character to the Chapo Trap House people in that while the Chapo Trap House people are trying to impress each other by being as mean and as acerbic and vitriolic as possible. The positive of America people are trying to impress each other by being as righteous and as correct and bringing the best facts as possible, but still yeah. also only talking to each other.
0: So I want to say like. I'm a big fan of Crooked. I got friends over there. They have really <laughs> good shows there. I like them. I, I'm also not a political podcast listener. Uh, most of my podcast diet is like my brother, my brother and me and your wolf stuff. But I do have lots of thoughts on the hashtag resistance Twitter, which I yep. think is completely demented. And I think all those people need serious psychological help in the same way that I feel about QAnon people. I just think that hashtag resistance people think they're in an episode of the West Wing and, like, I've been thinking about this idea that Twitter causes, like a, like, a detachment from reality or, like, a depersonalization where you start to think that, like, reality is something that you watch. And that's why you see all those, like, you see all those resistance comedians kind of being like, well, wow, the final season of America is really shaking up. And it's like, hey, idiot, like, a lot of people are going to die. Like, this isn't, <laughs> like, a TV show. This is real. Like, what are you doing? And, like, the people, it's the same people who are, like you know, following um, Louise mentioned stuff and the people who, like, <sighs> think that, you know, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are going to, like, parachute in in the last minute and save the day. And then, and then if we get the piss tape or Trump's tax returns, like... Yeah, and the it's ta- like, no. Trump's tax
1: returns, that really swung the race, that did. That made such a huge difference. Can't and, come back from it.
0: Exactly. And there's, like, there's this, like, f- serious misunderstanding of history from baby boomers about the idea that, like, Nixon was uncovered in public at a hearing and we all watched and the whole country decided (laughs) that it was over and it's like that's not what happened like you think that's what happened because you didn't have the internet telling you what every single person in america thinks about every single thing but like that's not what happened like there isn't gonna be a moment where like he
1: was pardoned he left office and was immediately pardoned and lived out the rest of his life in california Doing interviews And, Frost, and most
0: fine. Republicans like believe it was like unfair. Like there wasn't a moment where the whole country came together. Same with 9-11. There wasn't a there wasn't a moment where we all decided that we were going to like be a better country. Half the country went and did hate crimes like, like the, the, those moments don't happen in reality. And I think these resistance people who are predominantly Democrats, but I think they're also centrist as well. They and and even like some Republicans, they sort of think that there's going to be this great moment where the whole country gets the uh the 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 the, the metal dropped from its eyes or whatever the the what's it, what's Go- the phrase the goggles no not goggles scales scales the scales fall from their eyes and everyone goes like oh my god he's a fraud and then the resistance people can be like see I told you see not very presidential yeah. sir and it's like <laughs> no man like it's just it's just life and it's going to take a while and it's going to be a long time and it's boring and like you got to do work and it's not a simulation and it's not a tv show you have to like participate and like i yeah. think to people do the are work. awful i hate them i feel the same way i i ah oh, man because like just go do work like get off twitter and do some work <laughs> Like <laughs> come on
1: yeah exactly it, it, it's very much not that they have like I mean, they do have bad opinions, but that's not the point.
0: Very, it, <laughs> they have very bad opinions. Yeah,
1: it's very much that it's the it's the sanctimony. I think where it's like, oh no, we are we must be correct here. This is this is it. We are we are standing up for something, and if you're not standing up for anything. You're tweeting. It's fine. Tweeting's right. fun. It's dumb. It's not d- like, anything.
0: Resistance people, they're don't, they're not particularly mean, really. Like like they're fairly harmless, I suppose, in terms of like harassment stuff. But God, are they tiresome and like so cringe? Tiresome. They're just tiresome. They're as tiresome to me as Rick and Morty fans. Although I will say, Rick and Morty fans, I feel like for being included in this list, I'd like to, I'd like to blow it up a little bit into okay. a bigger and do a bigger thing. There's basically like a bunch of men who all love like bad men as the heroes yep of things and it's like breaking bad bad Men, the sopranos rick and morty the joker bojack horseman bojack horse well i think they all got mad at bojack horseman because the last season sort of reckons with this idea but there are
1: bojack horseman is probably the only show that does the bad man trope but then constantly reckons with it because it does it more than just the first season But the constant idea is, like, referencing the fact that, hey, we fucked up last season, we shouldn't have done this, and,
0: yeah. Right. I think that's true. And, like, I don't know what to call this umbrella group other than just, like, men. Uh, (laughs) But, like, or Reddit or something, but... It's it's men, men who think they're uniquely troubled, and that makes them
1: special more dickheads.
0: Yeah, and, like, they have their hands in all kinds of other groups, but I think they're worth thinking about as their own fandom, because, like, they operate as a group. And I think that's what this episode is really about, which is identifying what groups are on the internet and how they operate and what makes them toxic, whether it's... And my thing always comes back to organized harassment, and I think Rick and Morty fans, the kind of men who are in similar groups like Rick and Morty, they all operate the same way, which is to find a woman or a liberal man and they go after him. And I don't know if they're totally connected to the culture war in the same way that, like, Star Wars fans are, but I, I, because I never can figure out, like, the difference between garden variety misogyny and just like I am a fascist and I feel like that line (laughs) used to be easier but now to tell the difference between but now it's much harder and also you could argue maybe it's like it's easier to jump over as well yeah and it's like different ends of maybe the same process like you start as a misogynist and become a fascist but um, yeah I think Rick and Morty is like the best example of this where you had the McDonald's thing and they're also just like super violent online and they're really good at acting wounded you know, like, oh, I'm yeah. so, you know, this is my outlet, you know, kind of thing. Yeah,
1: they, uh, I mean, the McDonald's thing was very much their high watermark because there was an astonishing video of the 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 guy in the McDonald's who tore his shirt off and ran around screaming, "I'm pickle Rick," and then left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was, yeah, that was a weird moment. Um, but yeah, this is again with, with all of these, we're coming with like these categories of men rather than these specific groups, but this is definitely one of those categories where it's the idea that the thing that they love is good and smart and better than anything that you love, and it's like i mean it's fine i don't know yeah. it's good it's whatever it's not infinite it's no infinite jest like
0: <laughs> no well, I mean, you could argue that like the two things well the two things I love most in the world th- The three things I love most in the world is putting on my Joker face paint, (laughs) dressing up like Rick from Rick and Morty and relaxing with uh, infinite jest. That's that's my favorite activity.
1: You know what? Really, the Rick and Morty fans should have been Joker fans.
0: I tried to get people to come with me to the Joker stairs. And dress up like Rick and Morty because I thought it'd be kind of fun, you know. I think I think I literally did a bit about this way way back on the show with Hussein during our first episodes. Totally possible. It sounds like something I would say. Um, but yeah, it's it's
1: it is the same group. It is it is Joker fans. It is Rick and Morty fans. It is the idea that the thing that you they like is smart and funny and interesting, and you don't just don't get it. Yes.
0: And it's I it's, agree. It's
1: Tosk again in a different way in that it's like deliberately exclusionary, which I think is a, a weird way to act
0: well it's like it's like the men who believe that they're unpopular because of the thing they like and whereas in it's, fact
1: it's just that terrible personality it's just they're awful yeah just that yeah. They, they
0: suck um all right we got we got two left and then we're gonna have to make our decision um so i mean this wasn't exhaustive but i think you did pick the 13 like worst <laughs> i think i don't I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain to see if we've forgotten any other group and there are obviously other fandoms, but we're trying to talk about the worst one. And I think we've, we've yeah. come very, very close to whittling this down. So the last two are BTS fans and Barstool Sports.
1: Do you want to take your cultural homeboys and explain why Barstool Sports is bad?
0: I have a lot of thoughts about Barstool Sports. <laughs> and I've talked a lot are about...
1: You, are you into Barstool Sports and have been living in Massachusetts again for a while?
0: I have I have not become a barstool sports fan. Um, although I was at a party, socially distanced, of course, where people were showing Dave Portnoy's sex tape on their phone and passing it around. Sure, um, alleged sex tape. I'm sorry. So, barstool sports to me is bad in the same way Joe Rogan is bad in the same way Rickard Warty is bad. It's like it's it's stu- it's shit for men and like stuff that men like is bad. <laughs> 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 like yes, tip, tip. I would say agreed. If, if, if something is only or predominantly liked by men, it's probably bad. I think barstool sports though has also contributed to a culture among young people that I sort of want to call like the elite daily culture, or like st- or like bridge and tunnel slime people. Do you know what bridge and tunnel is? Have you heard that term?
1: Yeah, no, I used to use it a lot because it's extremely accurate. Because obviously. I was in New York for a little bit and people used to use it. And then I came back and I was like, oh, I get this. Because I moved back to Camden, which had a lot of people who came in from like Essex. And, yes. Like just outside for like a night out. Yes. And like when I lived in Camden, Camden between on Sunday through Wednesday, maybe Thursday, is great. It's a really fun night. Like everyone's great and friendly. And then Friday and Saturday, it's awful. Right. And so exactly. you have to basically go out of Camden to go somewhere that's like anywhere interesting and then come back the rest of the week.
0: Same like, with bridge and tunnel, yeah. Same with parts of New York. I mean, actually, up until the pandemic, I think Williamsburg had kind of become that. Um, sense. So there's this kind of person that really likes barstool sports, and that barstool sports kind of like makes content for. And it's it's a person who doesn't really care about stuff, and like isn't really like. <laughs> it's part... close
1: being a nihilist.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't even say it's a nihilist because it's like. The people who like barstool sports, it's so hard to explain this. It's like to call it frat culture isn't correct because it's not really that. It's like beyond that now because it can be very hateful. And like sometimes you can fall down like like a barstool sports thread and it's like really vicious. And they they they've also like grown big enough now where they have like a cadre of like very pretty women who are really mean on Twitter to like cover their asses for being sexist and hateful. And so, like, it's just a very weird, like, aggressively millennial Gen Z fire festival bridge and tunnel, like, elite daily, like, like, internet chum periphery of people. Like, yep. you know what I'm talking about?
1: No, it's it is really hard to explain because it is the same vibe as you know it's 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 not that dissimilar to like lad bible it's 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 basically american lad bible yeah because there was there was a period of time when people used to submit things to lad bible and you'd see like a load of screenshots of text messages and one of them would be like we'll have this on lad bible tomorrow right like and it was a thing and people submitted stuff and it feels a little bit like that but i think that the Lad Bible evolved because Lad Bible, you know, yeah, actually, you know who Lad Bible was? Lad Bible was the chive. Oh boy, the chive! Back God. in the day, God. Yeah. Anyway, but Lad Bible kind of evolved, but you can't kind of see that, this,
0: but I'm wearing my cheap, uh, I'm wearing my keep chive and carry on shirt right now. Keep
1: comment chive on. I think it would have. Been. I have no idea. I'm yeah. not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a 45 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> right, but it was that it, it had. The, they both had that same character, and then Lad Bible kind of stuck with that. Um. And the tribe kind of tried to maintain this, like, we're innocent and this is all just in fun. And yes. Barstool Sports took it the next stage and went like, no, no, we're going to be, like, angry about this and, like, make a point about it and yell at people for reasons I still can't quite figure out.
0: Plus, but, they've, like, they're now evolving into, like, part of Fox News' operation. Like, oh, Port- you no, that, you know they Point is on Fox Business every day. You know
1: who they are? They evolved into the american american tabloid
0: yeah i think i think they are lad
1: bible couldn't lad bible couldn't do that because that you know the sun is already doing that They're already there's we've already got like a bunch of mean publications that exist to shame people so the Lad bible couldn't do that whereas Barstool sports just filled that straight up i think
0: that's totally true i think i think they're they're currently sketching out what a fully millennial tabloid will look like online yeah um and they're just they just blow ass. Like, like they just... Yeah. Um All right, all right, we we right. We're going to do this now. I I disagree with you that BTS is toxic, actually. I don't think they are. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a big BTS fan of their fan. I'm a fan of BTS fans. They can be kind of scary, and they can dogpile you, but I don't see them as being necessarily vindictive or nefarious. I think
1: it is the volume of them. No, actually, that's not true. There's two things that... that... It's gonna kind of be and I would say that they are probably getting up lower on this list because they are generally on the side of the light. Like, yes, I'd agree, and we're not they, gonna they, rank
0: this whole list because that that's that's impossible. But we are gonna we're yeah. gonna pick the worst. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I think I think that yeah, they they are basically they are basically on the side of the light, but they are also so many of them that, like many others, they have the same problem as you know, as like Chappo fans, where it's like they're kind of performing for each other a little bit in order to defend their idols uh, literally in this case actually <laughs> right yes but i think that the two things i worry about is one is the sheer size of them which is terrifying like if you don't know they exist you wouldn't you'd never notice like why would you but then suddenly you know you can say the wrong thing about bts and you are destroyed by tens of thousands not millions
0: of people and it's that's yeah, true it's they're like the everyone, zombies from world war z like, they they can climb, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's very... Uh, I'm trying to think of a good metaphor. Maybe it's, it's like the... Yeah, so like the, the Jaws thing where they say, we think we need a bigger boat because the shark is just bigger than you think. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they're just another fandom, and they're not. They are so much bigger, and that scale is terrifying.
0: They don't seem to be aging out of it in the same way that I feel like a lot of yeah. other, like, boy band or, like, pop stands are. Like, you don't really see... I, I know and we've interviewed uh one uh verified Lady Gaga stan who is like a professional person and also loves Lady Gaga and yeah. That's that's totally fine and great. But you do have like some fairly professional, normal people who are wild and out full ass about BTS on Twitter like all yeah. day. Yeah. And yeah, and it's it's uh it's yeah, it's a weird vibe. It's a weird vibe. It's a weird vibe, for sure. <laughs> Right, we gotta do this now all right we're gonna who, rank who, this okay what, so who, no no don't rank i don't i we, we don't need to rank it we've talked yeah. we've talked them all through we've <laughs> talked about political fandoms we've talked about uh movie fandoms music fandoms i feel like we have a really good lay of the land here who do you think is the most toxic group of people on the internet
1: you know what i gotta go Elon musk fans that's a good I, one i just i I'm trying to think who I would least like to be found by as, some, as a group of people who hated me, and I think it's Elon Musk fans.
0: Interesting. So in the framework I, I'm going to be using for my pick is harassment campaigns, insularity, misinformation, put it all together. I'm thinking it's Star Wars fans. Really? Okay. I, and I think, I think it's because Star Wars fans as a group hate each other as well. And so it's really there's no safe space within the entire community. There's no it's it's like being in complete freefall because you can theoretically piss off both sides of the Star Wars fandom, and that's very dangerous. And they're really aggressive. I and they believe garbage nonsense. And <laughs> so. yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Star Wars.
1: Really? Okay. Yeah. I'm surprised by that. I am surprised. I am too.
0: I actually, I think over the course of this episode, I sort of like have reevaluated what I think about internet fandoms and like internet communities. And I've decided that like the Star Wars people are the most frightening and insane. And I don't want anything to do with them. <laughs> but um, I agree with you. that Elon Musk fans are completely demented. The, and the, like, studio, the studios are going to be pissed with you. I know. I know. They're going to find you, man. I, I, think, I think Star Wars fans have the uh, the potential to be the, the most nasty for sure. Okay. Wow. I feel like we that this was a, this was a very long episode for us. We went the, long. Yeah. In fact, let's, uh, let's leave it at that t- this week. I feel like we don't need the content to consume to say, unless you've seen something very interesting.
1: Um, I've been exclusively watching football. Okay, great.
0: So thank you guys for <laughs> listening this week.
1: I mean, it's true to say like, you know, uh, stay happy. Uh, We have 36 hours to be recording this for when it comes out. So I assume an awful lot's going to have happened by then, which will be. Oh,
0: literally, as we were recording, Facebook announced that they are halting all political ads. um, All political ads. For the election uh, uh, until after the polls close on November 23rd. So, yeah, things are in complete free fall. It's a crazy time. Um, Stay safe. following the news isn't a personality type take breaks relax <laughs> um you know anyways thanks guys <laughs> so, yeah. oh and don't join a fandom army
1: yeah
0: I didn't um last avatar
1: no 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 join the content minds fandom army that's right but we but think also, you should join the content minds fandom army
0: we should come up with a a, a fandom name for the con- content miners or content mine yeah miners obviously <laughs> Yeah, I guess. built in no we can't call our fan fine we can't call our fans minors sorry <laughs> we can't do that no way <laughs> absolutely not uh, <laughs> we didn't think this through yeah i know oh shit <laughs>